COVID-19 has shaken the comedy and live entertainment industry for pretty much all of 2020. And on the podcast, I have a fellow comedian and producer talk all about it in the new Zoom slash virtual comedy era on episode 88 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. Jessica is not able to uh, podcast uh, for a little while, so I'm going to be having some guests here and there when uh, she is or isn't able to join me. And today, I have a very special guest, one of my favorite comedians in Chicago, Amber Autry. How you doing, Amber? Hey, I'm doing so great. How are you, Brandon? I'm, I, you know, as as well as we can be in the crazy time we're in. Am I right? <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. Um, which that even that question alone always feels just like, how are you? It's like, well, I could either say awful or I could be like, you know what? <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I like there's like a meme going around about like feeling bad for doing really well during the pandemic. Like you feel bad for saying like, I'm doing great. So I feel like everybody's response should just be like, it's shit. <laughs> it's like just like start with well it's shit but actually kind of good uh yeah. <laughs> it's a flowery shit <laughs> yeah exactly for sure uh well um before we get started here uh please you know rate review subscribe to the entertainment buffet podcast you know uh whether that's apple spotify if you're listening to us on something that i forgot i put you on like pocket cast or stitcher you know show us some love there we'd really appreciate it and uh if you're on youtube listening to this please subscribe we have tons of content coming your way we have other podcasts that are assigned uh they're going to be distributed on entertainment buffet as well as uh video sketches and vlogs and various things so don't want to miss out on that but uh yeah uh, amber before we get started where can people find you on social media if they want to go follow and stalk you <laughs> <laughs> okay first of all i would love if people would stalk me uh so can, <laughs> that sounds great um you can find me everywhere on facebook instagram and my website at amber Autry comedy a-M-B-E-R-A-U-T-R-Y comedy. Uh, you can book me on my website at amberontrecomedy.com and follow my Instagram. I put little sketches and clips on there all the time. So. Awesome. Yeah, please follow and share, like, you know, all the different things for Amber Autry comedy. Um, Amber is someone that I've had the pleasure of going to many <laughs> Chicago open mics with, uh, <laughs> performing on shows together. Uh, I was able to uh, book you on one show before COVID hit. You know, uh, it's and it's crazy. You know, I I, I figured when this all started uh, that we would just take like a slight break from comedy, uh, and here it's it's like pushing a year, and you know. Uh, people like Amber, I used to see like at least like once or twice a week, just at various things. <laughs> right. It feels like a different life, honestly, like miking and, you know, staying out till 1am doing mics and shows. Like it just feels like a, another life. It's weird. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, tell, tell the audience uh, a little bit about yourself uh, before we get uh, going on here. 
Yeah, so I am originally from the South. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm from Tennessee, and I went to college for acting. So, but I always wanted to move to Chicago. Like I knew from being a child, I was like, I got to get to Chicago. Um, So, if you don't mind, uh, can I ask? Because like I'm someone that's I'm only I was born an hour from Chicago, and I've only ever lived in Illinois. So I always find it so interesting why some people like, whether it's like, cause there's New York, there's LA, there's uh, Chicago, obviously. But like, had you visited Chicago when you were younger and like loved it or what, what made you want to come here? I had never visited Chicago. I, I, you know what? I think it was probably that comedy was really like second city was really pumped up uh, here. And I, I don't know, man. I guess it was the Lord, if you believe in that. <laughs> like he was just whispering it to me because I, it was just always Chicago, no specific reason um, besides that I wanted to do comedy. For sure. So yeah. So I went to school for acting, and then when I got up here, I did improv, like most people do. Uh, graduated from Second City, and then realized that like improv was not <laughs> what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know i feel like that it's it's like one or two things with improv either it's like you're gung-ho and you're improv for life or you're like this is this is not what i (laughs) this is is what i signed up for i guess it is but (laughs) yeah is this what i paid money to do you know i i took a couple classes at it too like we've all been there (laughs) oh i will say like you know the second city was great for who i met and you know the experiences it gave me but like the closing graduation party, they had a pile of shirts on the stage and they were just like, find your size. We don't know what your size is. Find it and grab a piece of cold pizza and get out. <laughs> so I was like, Get out because wow. we have the next class graduating in an hour. Yes. And we have people graduating all the damn time with these improv degrees. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the veil was lifted. I was like, okay. So I have like an extra 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 large second city shirt in the bottom of my dresser that i'll never wear um if anybody wants to buy that off me for like 15 bucks um you can have it yeah venmo amber autry comedy (laughs) (laughs) for a -a one-of-a-kind graduation second yeah you should sign it so when you're famous that's okay see brandon yes Great. <laughs> That's also why I wanted you on the podcast. I was like, before she's famous, so that someday I could be like, see, I knew her. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love um, you too, bud. Um, but yeah. But yeah so, like I graduated from there and then I was like, well, I don't really dig this that much. And my mom had always been telling me like, you need to do stand up. You need to do stand up. So I tried it once and I was like, I was hooked, man. I, I was like, oh man, this is everything. Like writing, performing, business it's it's it challenged me it challenges me in so many ways that it's addictive yeah uh absolutely and i think i've heard every stand-up i've talked to say that it is uh for those who have never done it it is very very addicting um because you know i come from you know you went for acting i went to school for film and writing and such and so like my video background like i would make youtube videos and like you send them to people and you're like cool i hope they watched them you know hopefully they laughed what did they laugh at i have no idea and then once you do stand up or even like theater or improv sketch something that's live and you get that live response it's like oh i got goosebumps and now this is like a high i'm forever chasing (laughs) yeah yeah 
And it's like, I think one of the weirdest things about, you know, starting stand up is that, <laughs> is that people are like, oh, you're funny, you should do stand up. And then you think that it's just going to like immediately translate. People are going to think you're hilarious. But it's yep. work, man. Like, you can't just be like funny with your friends and get up. Like, people want some kind of polished, some, even if it looks unpolished, they like, people know. People know if you're, if you're just like winging it. I don't know. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, that's the, that's the whole art of it. You know, everything that like professional comics, like there are some who kind of fly by the seat of their pants, you know, and just kind of feed off the crowd. But for the most part, this is stuff that they've been working on for months, if not years and years. And, but they tell it in a way that feels so genuine, like it's for the first time. And I think general audiences, which I, I'm, I often say that for people who don't work in or perform or whatever in entertainment, because general audiences, maybe haven't experienced what it's like to go to mics, go to right. rehearsals for a show or be on a show, produce a show, any of those things. And it could be music too. It's not just comedy. Yeah. Um, like they don't quite understand that it's, they're not, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and like all these people, they're not just up there saying it for the first time. Like, like they are funny, and, but it takes, time to get it to where that is because <laughs> ever... yeah and um yeah i i totally understand what you mean like you, being like the one you hang out with your friends and people think you're funny and you're like oh i could just do this up there and then it's like <laughs> and it's like oh it's not the same at all <laughs> right and i feel like you know this is something that everyone needs to know because i feel like it would lessen the amount of times i get complete strangers being like telling me a story about their friend group and something that happened 20 years ago and then being like, feel free to use that if you want. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll use that totally random story that does not relate to me. <laughs> like, right? you know, they mean well, but it's just like, how would you, it's like, I don't get up there and ask the audience, like, what do you guys want to talk about? You know? Yeah. It's, it's time spent on, on the set. <laughs> exactly. And um, and there's so many different aspects to it, you know, when, whether it's going to an, uh, an open mic and then having to maybe just say it one way at like five different mics and then be like, okay, I got to change this one thing. And then I got to say that like five times. And then it becomes this thing that especially people like ourselves who were going to a lot of mics, you know, uh, I'll just say like pre-COVID, um, there was like, I felt like a kind of a, a crew that we would always see each other at different mics uh, or the same mics every week. And sometimes it'd be like, yeah, we're, we're doing the same joke again, but like, we, we gotta, you, you know, we have to get it so that when we're on an actual show, it's not us fumbling through our words and forgetting a punchline or whatever it may be. Totally. That wasn't un like an uncomfortable experience. I forgot about that being like, Oh, these same people I just saw last night at three different mics, they're going to hear the exact same set. Like, right. Sorry guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, I thought of this one tag, you know? <laughs> right. right. And that was a weird thing too. Like with, you know, live, you know, pre COVID is like, it, there's a difference in getting comics to laugh and get like, and then you get in front of a real audience and you're like, wow, these jokes are funny you know right or it could be the opposite to where like you were starting to not like you but like in general like we could have been trying to mold our set to make comics laugh oh, but then yeah. it may not make an audience laugh 
Right. You, you know, and then we may have found stuff that we tried on a show, made an audience laugh, but comics don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is, it's such a, a weird mind game. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. You have to just remember that, you know, you're working on your set and yourself and not like, I don't know. I think the major thing for me is like recording my sets mm-hmm. because that always, to- always tells me the most, you know, when I for sure. That. Yeah, same. Uh, I, you know, try to record video when I can, but like recording audio and then listening back and then be like, why did I say that? <laughs> no, dude. Uh, it's like, I forgot this whole bullet point I meant to say that makes this joke funnier later. God damn exactly, it. Exactly. You forget like half the joke and you're like, that's why people didn't laugh because that wasn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess one thing I was curious about too, before I get too, too ahead of ourselves, um, so like obviously you went to school for acting and such. Uh, did you enjoy mainly doing comedic things? Did you also do drama? Uh, how, uh, when it comes to like actual acting opposed to like stand up, uh, what was your you know experience with that? Yeah, I've always enjoyed comedy. First off, like that's been my love forever. I used to like charge my family a quarter to see living room shows in like <laughs> the house that they paid for. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. Wait right there. It's a quarter. Um, and Did I you would, have a little uh, ticket booth? And you're just... <laughs> <laughs> it was way jankier than that. I would just like stroll by uh, in my costume, like quarter, please. <laughs> Instead of the lemonade stand, you have a ticket booth. And you're just, <laughs> <laughs> just like, can you quarter? <laughs> Behind these curtains, please, mother. <laughs> yeah. I'll charge you lemonade. Uh, it's a two drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Do lemonade and drink minimum for the <laughs> living room show plus the quarter. Like, these need to be spiked. Where is the alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen this show. Yeah. <laughs> you um, can use that. No, just <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe my first special will just be jokes that everyone else has given me. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, and it's called You Can Have That. <laughs> God, you I tell everyone just... in the audience, all these jokes, you can have that. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but, like, so going to college for acting, I obviously was more in love with comedy, but it was more serious things, you know, like um, a lot of serious plays, which I enjoyed because I love stretching myself, but... Uh, I I definitely I definitely was like where's the comedy? I got to get I got to get into comedy. I did I did for a while want to be like a famous actor, like just movie star, um mm-hmm. but that shifted a little bit. <laughs> yeah, which which I can get cuz if you really think about it like drama like what's the response you can get from like an audience to know you're doing well, like say like in a dramatic play, it's like, if you hear people crying, like is, is what, what's the, you can't hear anything. Like, unless they come up to you after the show and it's like, Oh my God, that was so riveting. It's like, there's no like comedy, you know, whether you're doing well or not, cause there's an immediate response. Right. I usually try to go for tears in my comedy and drama. <laughs> that's a good way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a very good point. Maybe drama is a little more, uh, self-centered because <laughs> you're just like, I'm doing so well right now. Like, I'm so <laughs> deep in emotion. Um, I bet there's at least one person tearing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you don't hear them opening their M&M packets, then you're doing like good. You know, you're like <laughs> rustling. You're <fine>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's I, I, I feel the exact same way when it comes to like uh, when I was in school for film, uh, everyone was doing these super dramatic things. And like, I wanted to do comedy, <laughs> nice. you know, just because it, I was, I was like, I don't know. I, I feel like if everyone is doing some dramatic thing about someone's uh, sobriety or like um, someone getting out of rehab and uh, someone like uh, some form of abuse. I'm like, all right, I can only see this like so many times in the same class period. Yes. And so then like, I just would want to do stuff. Uh, but the thing that's hard with like film is like, you could go through the writing and then like the shooting and the editing. And then if it doesn't get a laugh, it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that just didn't work. And we have to either try to re-edit it maybe, or like what, reshoot it? I don't know, it's, yeah. it's so much harder. And that that's what made it so much more difficult to keep working on like film stuff. I was like, well, if something fucks up, it's just, it's just fucked up. <laughs> you know like if i fuck up the joke monday monday night an hour later i can go to a different micro show and hopefully not fuck it up <laughs> right right but filming takes a lot oh my gosh yeah i've been doing like a lot of sketch comedy writing filming directing editing over during covid and it is a task dog it is like please god just someone just just a like or just maybe a haha <laughs> would be great it would be great <laughs> yeah yeah T so tell us a little bit about that what have you uh what have you been up to video wise so pre-covid i was with this group called the after dark show and we did a live show that was everything sketches um uh, a monologue a wheel of doom where we ate like bananas through glory holes like just anything you can imagine <laughs> we did um and when covid came about we decided to switch to uh online like making videos so we've been putting out for i guess about three months now a video a week and it's been awesome i've gotten to practice writing sketches and directing and filming and editing and acting sound it's it's been a really great experience and i think we're putting out pretty great stuff yeah, I mean, the yeah. ones I've seen, I've enjoyed it, you know, and it's it's a great chance to see some of you guys who, like I said before, I used to, uh, com comedians, we used to see each other all the time at stuff. And so now, besides like occasional social media posts or like a video, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, it's, it's Suze, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, great, great, great. I'm glad. <laughs> it is, I, I will see like comedians that I wasn't really friends with before, like on the street, but now that I see them, I act like we are long lost. I'm like, oh my God, even though we've only talked like two times. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like if you run into someone or just like see someone at the store or something, it's just like, oh my God. And then you start talking and it's like in my head, I'm just like, I forgot how to do this. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> It's just like, uh, I guess we'll talk about COVID because <laughs> fuck, fuck. You know, right? I, I wanted to talk to someone, but now that I'm doing it, I can't remember how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. My friend recently, I saw her, she was like, I just miss people, places and things. She was like, I don't know why I'm listing nouns right now, but that's <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, man. Yeah. So, um, 
So you're working on some sketch and video stuff right now. Um, weren't uh, were you doing uh, some of that uh, like on stage? Uh, you said with your After Dark show uh, pre-COVID, uh, and I know you have some improv experience. Were you still doing some improv here and there? Uh, like, what other kind of shows were you doing pre-COVID? Yeah, so. <clears throat> we were doing sketches on the After Dark show for sure. Um, I was doing improv because even though I have this like hate loathe relationship with improv, <laughs> I do <laughs> I do realize like the benefits of it and it stretches me as a comedian. So I love to sing and uh, so I joined Mint, which is musical improv. Uh, so I was doing that pre-COVID, which was amazing so that's just like regular improv but you are forced into song by a uh <laughs> pianist throughout the throughout the set so that was a lot of fun i had a good time with that and then i was just doing like random one-off improv things with different groups um, and trying to produce my own shows with restaurants i ran this show called giblets and bits yeah and, giblets uh, and bits <laughs> yeah oh my god it's <laughs> that that show meant so much to me man because it was like one of my first shows that was my own that I was producing on my own so um I put a lot of work into that show like standing on the corner in the cold just like handing out flyers like that's something that I'll remember forever you know just um those experiences and what I learned yeah so like when it comes to producing uh because like you said you, you decided to go like the restaurant route you know um especially in like Chicago and uh, uh, other like major cities like this, there's just a huge independent uh, produced scene. So uh, like there's so many kinds of bar shows, so many kinds of variety show. Uh, I was interested that yours was like, you know, at an actual like place where you can get food, not just like cheap bar food. Um, and it wasn't in like the back of some back room at a bar. So like what, uh, what, what made you decide to go like the restaurant route? Did you have a relationship with the first restaurant you worked at? Um, man, how did that get started? I, I think I did a one-off at a restaurant. Like I was producing a, a one-off at, at this um, restaurant in Lakeview. And actually another comic was like, Hey, why don't you just make that, the show like why don't you just do it at different restaurants um and it was a comic I looked up to that was like you know I would consider like above me and it was so kind that he just like one off like said this and I was like that's a brilliant idea yes <laughs> thank you which you know it's so nice when when you give advice to anyone you know like knowledge is wealth and there's plenty of it like share it with everyone you know um so yeah it came from him uh and I just thought that like the restaurants would already have a following. Hopefully I could get in with good restaurants of people who already love it. And then, um, you know, get them to come for, oh, they're having a comedy show too. Hell yeah, we'll go to that, so. Yeah, dinner and a show. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you, you did some producing uh, for uh, Giblets and Bits. And then uh, you also did you started producing with After Dark Show, right? Yeah, not just performing with them. Totally, yeah, like booking comics and whew, figuring out that show structure, which was insane. Uh, even though it was a monthly show, it, there were so many parts to it. Uh, the After Dark team has a lot of great ideas that we just kind of let run wild. They're like, what if we had like, 
you know, a gimp and a giraffe and like, and we're all just like, yes, how do we get it? You know, so (laughs) (laughs) stretch me as a producer. Um, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Which I guess that's one thing, uh, especially when, you know, we're at the, like the kind of like the level that a lot of us are at is like, yeah, you can just perform, but like so many of us also produce at least one to multiple shows as well. Um, Like what was your, uh, obviously you said you did kind of like this one-off show with the restaurant. Um, Was there something about like that experience from kind of uh, behind the scenes um, that made you be like, oh yeah, I want to keep doing this? Mm. Yeah, the best thing I, I mean, I love performing. I, it definitely made me a better performer producing because I showed up on time and didn't cancel, you know, those, (laughs) you know, I learned a good deal about being a good performer from producing. I think the, my favorite thing about producing is offering time to people that I think deserve the stage that don't get it as often. So when I produce, um, I immediately, I look at my lineup and I'm like, I personally, as a producer want heavy, like on women, I want more female identifying, uh, performers and more people of color. So like, you know, and it's funny. Cause like a lot of shows will be like, I don't know, we just couldn't find anybody. <laughs> and it's like, well, you have to go out and find those people, you know, it's yeah. like, they're not coming to you. You have to produce, you have to do the work and go find them. Yeah. Um, so that, that always felt good of like having people come up and just be like, wow, that was a great show. And you know, some people would be like, and it was all women. And I'm like, yeah, women are funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's what uh, then I feel like once, because, uh, you know, I, I've experienced producing shows too, uh, that like once you start, it feels like then when you go to mics or shows, you're kind of like half worrying about your performance and then also half like, oh, I want to get them on my show sometime. You know, yeah. like, you're, it's like you're scouting. And I think that's one thing, like you said, I, I can't believe when I see lineups that are, uh, either all male or all white. It, it was just like, well, have you extended to people besides your friends? You know, have I, you gone to different things and seen people or like asked around, or maybe you book someone and then you ask their opinion on some of their favorite comedians, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, Cause like one thing I learned when, uh, one thing that's really hard uh, with some shows, like especially if you can't quite pay your performers yet, or if you can only pay a little, um, and if you want to try to get people, uh, you know, higher in the scene, like he- uh, some real headliners, um, they're getting offers from freaking everyone. And so uh, there's multiple times where like a headliner was like, sorry, I would love to do your show, but like, I just got a club gig. And like, that's two, three shows versus your one show. And I'm like, right. totally get it but like, can you help me find another headliner? You know, hopefully someone that's available who isn't going to get booked last minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, have you had when you were producing either like last minute cancellations and you had to either like give people more time or book someone else last minute? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it was wild to me how common it is in the stand-up comedy community to just bail 
like yeah with no like sorries or like oh my god i'm sorry i have to do or explanation like i've had like 30 minutes before the show my headliner text me and be like hey i'm kind of like not able to do this do you mind if my friend fills in for me and i'm like no i booked <laughs> you uh i would prefer if you just came and did your like 15 minute set you know like it's not even um so yeah it it's it definitely challenges you because um as a producer in my opinion you have to be like okay let me like it's like working with actors you know it's like okay how can we help you you know get to where you need to be but in your mind you're like never again will i book that person you know? <laughs> just like you know it it does affect you and even if you're considered big in the scene you never know what small person is um where they're gonna be you know yeah. so like for sure you stick to your commitments as best as you can like yeah and i think especially you you know um where like uh people that i think that are at, are at level or our level or like maybe below us it kind of feels weird the idea of canceling you, you know because we just like want bookings we want stage time we want exposure we, we, we want to hopefully be on a show with someone else that's on booked on that show right. you know maybe we have like a comedian we respect on the show we want to hopefully do well in front of them to like show uh or other comics who are also producers on the show like there's so many factors so like yes. i think it's so weird to think about the idea of like canceling well why would you I know. <laughs> there has like there has been times personally where i like say yes to a show and then two days later i'll get like a paid gig you know like the show i and i'm like you know, with enough time, I'm going to like rearrange my schedule to get paid, you know, because that's like, that makes sense. Yeah, for um, sure. But 30 minutes before, like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing is like, uh, at least uh, for the most part, I've, I've been lucky enough to most of the people who canceled last minute, they gave me at least like a day's notice you know yeah. something or like hours not, not 30 minutes like that's crazy <laughs> it is know? yeah which is funny it's like oh thank god they gave me three hours opposed to you know <laughs> it's still stressful but like at least i have three hours like <laughs> yeah man yeah it's but, it's, it's pretty wild <laughs> for sure so um between you know obviously you've done improv uh whether it's musical or just uh comedic or stand-up um can you think of like uh maybe like both pre-covid and then like maybe now like what are some of like the favorite shows you've you've been on oh or like yeah. maybe a favorite set or you know favorite room any any ones that like like oh man you know that one was like i i'm i'm gonna remember that one yeah i've got two at the top right at the top um one is ladylike chicago in, in chicago um <laughs> it's where female identifying um and i think non-binary humans come on and talk about disgusting stories and uh i felt on fire man I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh everything that happened to me when i was 14 and on was just like spilling out and it was wonderful um no it was just it was uh it was a very loving room and i felt like yeah i just felt on fire it was it was really dope and that's um that's actually recorded ladylike has a podcast so there's nice. like an episode that they do nice um, so uh, your set's on a on a podcast as well 
Yeah, yeah. I think they do. I think they do the whole set on there. Yeah. Cool. It's, it was it was a lot of fun. I was I was going off, and people were with me. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the second one is at Comedy Bar. <laughs> it this like was also from the Lord because I <laughs> I think it was like an audition type night, and the entire room was full of dentists, and I killed with some dentist material that i did not know i had dude i was just like <laughs> how did you wait did the host find out that the room was full of dentists or like how did you find that out i don't know i think maybe a comic had like asked them beforehand and did like crowd work oh, or something yeah yeah and i had one joke about um my mom kissing a guy and his dentures falling out of his mouth and I just like told that joke and then just like riffed on it. Like I had those rich people rolling, man. <laughs> rich ass dentist rolling. <laughs> it was beautiful. I like comedy's so great, man. And I've I've gotten so much better. And a big part of that is due to me just like believing and loving and my and loving myself, you know? Yeah, nice. for sure. So now that we've heard a couple of your favorite experiences what and you don't necessarily have to say names or like the show if you don't want to but what it was like the worst show you were ever part of <laughs> like whether whether it's like you bombed hard or just like the whole show you're like maybe i should have canceled <laughs> <laughs> i text them before i go on like i gotta be somewhere else <laughs> yeah they're like but you already you already checked in <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> emergency dentist appointment yeah <laughs> Oh man. Um, oh, okay. I, there was a show uh, on the west side of Chicago that was a constant, like you could always get up and get stage time, which was great, but it was so freaking hard, man. Like you knew going in every time you're like, this is going to be hard because the bar was long and everybody was there for the game. So it was just like, Whew. So like it the crowd wasn't wasn't fully paying attention. No, no, and you know you you it's weird because you would sit in the audience and you'd see a couple people laughing at others, but once you got on stage, you were like everyone hates me because you can't hear anything, and like oh man, but I kept going back, <laughs> I, I and that's going. the addiction. <laughs> it's like it wasn't good cocaine, you know, but I. Like, <laughs> I kept going back, um, <laughs> but it stretched me as as an artist too because I, you know, learned how to keep performing when no one was laughing. So how many times did you go? <laughs> so many times, dude. I was probably on that show at least four or five times for sure. And, and did, did it get up. did it get like better as it went? I got better. <laughs> uh, you know I didn't know if like time four or five you're like all right I'm getting some chuckles god damn it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think um <laughs> I try not to blame anything on the audience first you know I try to be like how am I how can I be better you know uh but yeah towards the end it definitely my confidence was better so the overall experience seemed better I like notice the laughs i you know i could interact with the crowd it was less like you know that thing you do when no one laughs or you think no one laughs and you're like okay i guess you guys hate me like there was less of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 
We've all had that failure to go. I guess everything I knew was totally wrong. Right. I should go home and be a nurse. I don't know. I don't know something. Um, I should just get rid of all of my material and start over. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. It's crazy. It's it's so weird how many times I've done a show and been like, well, that sucked. And then go back and listen to the clip and I hear laughter. It's like you just tune it out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then sometimes just the way the room is laid out, you it, it you could be like you said you could be getting laughs but if it's a long room or the acoustics are a little bit different right you, it may not make it to the stage it sounds like we're bullshitting right now <laughs> it was a very long room and like <laughs> raptors and <laughs> but no but like see like to me like the producer side of me is just like all right well maybe it shouldn't be in a room like that you know like it it there are those kind of factors that i think people don't uh pay attention to i mean uh i years and years ago interned at comedy bar and uh, i produced a show there where we did lots of stand-up but then we also allowed a couple improv groups just to have like a variety and the problem is like in that room in particular is like a very tall ceiling so uh -huh. like and they didn't have mics so they weren't quite projecting and so like the sound's just going up and it's like not making it out and i'm like one, I'm not sure if they're being funny, but two, people aren't <laughs> able to hear it to determine if it's funny or not. <laughs> oh no. You know, it's 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 so like, yeah, it sounds like bullshit, but it, it's a total thing that like audience members may have no idea, you know, unless they go to a show and like someone's mic doesn't work and they're like, oh, well, I can't even hear them, you know? Right, right. Um, so yeah, it, <laughs> it is such a crazy, and then something like another thing to stress about when you're a producer is like, is the audio working? You know, what's the lighting situation? You know, it's uh, a lot of work, man. It's yeah. On of top work. of just getting the comics there. <laughs> uh, yes. Honestly, and getting I'm them so there excited when I see them show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but okay. So that was, so that, that show on the, on the West side, that was your, you, you know, just, it was always like a, a bit of a stretch to, uh, <laughs> to try yeah. to get reactions. And it was always long line. Like the lineups would be like 15 comics. So there were like <laughs> a lot of addicts just being like, let's do it again. One more time. Hit me again. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of addicts. Uh, <laughs> so true. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously we, we've been talking about it a little bit here and there, but uh, COVID came and just totally shook like live entertainment. Just mm -hmm. it's pretty much gone or if it is, it's in a very, very, very reduced manner. So um, you're someone that has jumped on, you know, virtual shows, Zoom shows. Um, so I would love to first hear your experience because I have not done any or seen any even. What was it like to jump, not just on like mics, but then starting getting in front of Zoom crowds? Yeah. Uh, at first it was exactly what people expect where you're like, no one's laughing. I, I, I like, I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, but for me, it didn't bother me. And I think that is partly because uh right before like covid hit i was like this year is going to be the year that i am a full-time comedian it's happening this is the year and then covid hit and i still had all that like it's happening so for me it was like this is the way it's gonna go like this is how we're gonna do it um so i kept going back to it and back to it and got more comfortable with it 
Uh, and honestly, like I've been doing a lot of it now, like producing on Zoom and performing. And it's great, man. Like people will leave their mics off and laugh. You can hear laughter or they can, you know, chat. I just did a show where they told everybody to leave their mics muted. Okay. And we were like, oh, just like go off in the chat. And I've never seen any, like so many LOLs. They were just like, lol. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is wonderful. It's wonderful because you get no heckling, but you're still like getting feedback. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> that's that's awesome yeah i i was curious uh, about the whole if people have their mics on to hear them laugh or if they're all muted and you're just kind of like looking at like maybe a screen that shows a lot of their faces and just kind of like well i see people kind of doing this you know <laughs> like <laughs> I, I heart attack or laughter <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> um so so sometimes they're muted and they're just doing like a chat like mm -hmm. where it's all okay Right. Or there's emojis, like there'll be little like clap emojis or a thumbs up. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, it's, I, I really enjoy it, man. It's, it's definitely a lesson too, like I said before, in just keeping going, like, you know, trusting that you're doing well yeah. <laughs> and just keep going. So as far as, uh, I guess, uh, first I'll ask this from like the performer side. Um, like say you're on a show, you're booked on a, on a Zoom show. Like, do you have any idea from like your point of view, like how many like crowd members there are? Like, do you see like, oh, there's so many people in the meeting or like, do you have any idea? You're like, this could be two people or 40 people. I have no idea. Right. As a performer, I don't know until I'm in the Zoom. And then like, it'll fluctuate sometimes. Like members will come and go. Cause if it's with an, like I do corporate shows and some people are like, they'll click in and then they'll leave and then, they'll, you know, <clears throat> um, so you never, yeah, you never know until you're in there. Uh, what's weird. What's really weird is when there's like 70 people in the room, but only six have their cameras on. So you're like <laughs> doing crowd work, but it's like, I don't, you're only talking to the six people. It's very strange. That's probably one of the strangest things because people will type in the chat, like, I agree with that statement. And you're like, turn your camera on you psycho. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why are you creeping? You know? Uh, <laughs> nice. So uh, now when it comes to like the producing side of things, um, are, are you, since you're probably running the zoom, are you able to kind of see how many people are coming and going um, and be able to, I don't know, adjust things or uh, maybe let some of the comics know like, all right, so it looks like, you know, we got this many people or. Right. Yeah. So there's like a waiting room. Uh, there is a waiting room that people can wait in and I can let them in right before the show. And then during the show, I'll have people like latecomers coming in. Um, so I can give the comics like a rough estimate of how many are going to be there. Uh, usually it's at least, you know, 15 people, which for comics, I feel like if, I've done a show, actually, I've been booked on a Zoom show where there was only the owners of the company. So like three people. Whew, I think producing post-COVID Zoom shows is harder <clears throat> just because I am starting from a completely blank slate. Pre-COVID, I could like walk into any business and be like, hey, I'm a comic. I can make you know eye contact with them and meet people. But now it's completely like, I, you know, I wake up in the morning, like, okay, I'm going to wake up at six and get this started. And then I get to my computer and I'm like, who do I email? You know, it's very much <laughs> like, 
where do I go? And you know, I've figured it out. I've gotten shows and made connections, but it's, uh, it's harder. It's harder to, the good thing is, is that I have more time to promote myself. So like I built my website and I'm able to like be on social media all the time, like putting my name in comments and in Facebook groups. Um, but it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, for sure. I could, I, I could certainly see that. Um, uh, I mean, like we, we were talking earlier about just like producing video content and, you know, trying to, trying to find things to do like without the, a lot of the in-person interactions, <laughs> you yeah. know, just having to think of like, okay, what's like, how, how could I do this? Like just from my computer. Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird, man. And I, I know a lot of comics who are like, oh, I'm not going to do zoom comedy because you're not connecting with the audience, but for me at least that is not true like um i've gained like followers and fans from it so like obviously there's some kind of connection and like it's worth it it's worth it if you miss comedy yeah for sure <clears throat> so um during this have you been able to do some kind of socially distant shows as well uh like not just virtual but yes i have like uh Indiana doesn't, uh, COVID doesn't exist there. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> if you guys they, they don't have it. It missed them. It is it's in the yeah. other 49 states. Even COVID was like, no, thank you. Indiana. <laughs> Please tell me that's a bit you do in Indiana. <laughs> no. And I love Indiana. Please have me back. You guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been at, um, the market lounge in Valpo that was amazing. That was such a good time. Uh, good crowd turnout and um, socially distanced. He, he, he made that place great. So love that show. And then recently I had a dream come true where I performed at the comedy bar in Nashville. And nice. Yeah. And my family got to come see me and um, oh man, it was just a freaking blast. And it's funny because Colton Stewart, he used to work at the comedy bar in Chicago, but he works in Nashville now. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think you'd do well because <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Please say more. Um, but he, no, he was like, you know, Chicago comedy doesn't usually translate to the South, but you killed it. And I was like, well, I am from here. You know, I didn't say that. I was just like, yeah, ooh, that's thank you. Uh, but it was just all around like a, a great show had a good time yeah which that's that's one thing you know we were talking about like what were our goals for 2020 that was one thing that was going to be a goal and you know we even talked about possibly trying to produce something uh in tennessee um you know do some 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 road shows just because um as many shows as we can do like in chicago or like the suburbs of chicago you really got to get to other cities, other states, other areas, because you can be really, really great here or good here. But then mm -hmm. if you just go somewhere else and you have no experience being somewhere else and like realize that your jokes may not translate, you know, right. <laughs> uh, like there's so many times where I'll see like a comedian, they'll be talking about like jokes that are on like the Chicago L, you know, and it's just like, well, there's a lot of places that, don't have public transit like that so like you either need to mold the joke to something more generic or 
you know, not do just Chicago based comedy because otherwise you're going to be kind of stuck using those kind of bits there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And people have different views. Uh, <laughs> you know, not everybody is like really excited to hear your vagina joke, you know? <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's very true. Have you, like, you had a lot of shows in the suburbs. Are they, like, all those places that you were at, are they closed down for COVID? Um, yeah, well, I think there's some places, you know, some bars that are kind of trying to do smaller, uh, like, letting limited people into the bar. Mm. Um, I've I've thought about it, like, personally, like, wanting to try to, I was like, maybe I'll produce something outdoors when it's warm or whatever it may be. But it's it's just been so hard, you know, as far as like trying to, you know, think about like, well, it, will this feel good like right now? But then like if something were to happen, worst case scenario, like what would I, you know, like regret producing to bring people together? You know, like producing yeah. Zoom, that's like safe. People are, you know, at their computer, you know, distance from one another. But like, I would hate the feeling of like bringing people to like an indoor location and then something happened. And then like, obviously it wouldn't necessarily be my fault, but it's like, well, would they have all gone out if I, you know, if we hadn't put on a comedy show, Yeah, uh, it's hard. So I, I'm like really looking forward to when it is safe in a way that, you know, isn't going to make, whether it's a performer or like the producer or like even the owners of the establishment, like nervous at all. Um, but yeah, it's, That's true. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, I, it may not be 2021, but hopefully uh, later on in 2021, maybe 2022, it'll, it'll like make more sense. But uh, it's really interesting just to hear, you know, the zoom stuff, because I yeah. think like myself, uh, both as a, performer producer or just an audience member i have no experience with it but now you're making me more interested in either trying it myself or like encouraging other people to hey uh amber's producing this zoom show you should you know attend um because i think a lot of us are like oh i don't know like what what to expect is that gonna be weird (laughs) right and the good thing about you know being an audience member in the zoom is that you are not called out for having your camera off, you know, like you can just like be in your underwear at your home with comedy on and not be like seen. It's like a perfect situation if you're not into sitting in the front row to enjoy um, entertainment from home. It's it's really nice. For sure. So um, yeah, with uh, with uh, we're, we're we're getting close to 2021. It's crazy. I know. Uh, <laughs> have your goals kind of shifted as far as um, like focusing on kind of like these corporate Zoom gigs for a while? Um, is that and and more like video sketches? Is that your kind of your set goal for right now with 2021? Yeah. So um, I'm getting closer, but still have a goal of being completely uh, supported by comedy. Um, I, you know, I, at first I kind of like shied away from the zoom or from the corporate shows. Cause I'm like, I have to be clean. What does that mean? Like, I don't want to be told what to say. Um, but I found myself really enjoying it. So, um, yeah, the goal is to get more corporate shows, build better, build more relationships with corporate offices and private parties. Like 
someone just booked a birthday party for their wife with me. Um, and I'm super excited about it because they're like, we saw your stuff. We like what you do. Like, let's do it. So, um, get more of those and then really like get more followers on my Instagram and Facebook followers who interact and share and like myself because I can't express enough how helpful that is. You know, like you look at Facebook's like rules for monetizing your stuff and it's like, you got to get the followers and the likes and the views. And it's like, man, if people just like hit a button, it would help me. So it would help me get a job, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, um, so I'm really just trying to like build that up and, uh, yeah, make, I've been making like short videos, like TikTok videos are really in right now. So then like making uh, Instagram real videos. So yeah, just trying to like put myself out there more. For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And well, you brought up one thing that I always loved discussing with people pre-COVID, but I, I, I guess it's probably more prevalent now, like you said, with corporate and, and Zoom shows is the the whole debate on clean versus not clean comedy. So uh, when you were first told that, were you like real like afraid, you know, like just that, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this joke or I'm going to have to change these jokes. Right. Instantly I was like, do I have any clean material? Now I was doing clean shows pre-COVID, um, doing like five to 10 minutes of clean material. But for some reason, you know, people were like, Oh, do you have clean material? And I was like, do I, <clears throat> because, you know, I, I think of clean material. Like I don't think of myself as a clean comic, you know, but when I look at my stuff, I'm like, yes, this is clean. Um, so I think it's pretty much a lot in my head, you know, where it's like, I, I have stipulations. Like, can I meet these, you know? Um, but yes, I can do it. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? There's, um, um, I just, <laughs> part of me, part of me, the thing with clean comedy and I've been really enjoying it, but like, is a little upset. Cause I'm just like, like I've been told by a producer, like pre COVID where he was like, now you can't talk about your body, but this male comedian who's on the lineup with you, we're going to let him do it because you know, that's just who he is. Um, but we can't have you talking about your body. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that stuck with me where I was just, and he was like, you get what I'm saying. And I'm like, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I yeah. get it. Um, so I think that in the beginning was a little bit of the hesitant for me. Cause I was like, I don't want to be told that like my experience as a woman is dirty or like not acceptable, but that hasn't been the case at all. And my jokes have been well received. So, um, it's been it's been really nice yeah and it, see I, I i and i've been someone who like for a long time i didn't always like i i didn't always only try to do clean comedy but like i i was like well there's a lot of times where sometimes they're wanting you to be clean anyway so maybe if i try to make most of my jokes clean and if they get the right reactions then when they when they throw that stipulation on me i'm i'm not going to be as flustered you know because i have options um but it's it's interesting uh because you brought up like 
I produced and, and hosted and uh, performed on shows in just uh, the suburbs of Chicago, which is crazy because sometimes it's only 10 to 35 miles from the city. So not far at all. But people out there, uh, it's not that they only want clean comedy, but I think they just, when you first are up there, they just don't want things to be so overt, you know, because uh, they are typically people who are either older, they have kids or grandkids, you know, they, they have families, they move to the suburbs, you know, to have families and, you know, they're not, you know, uh, in the city uh, and they also probably don't go to shows that often, you know, they don't go that often. So when they go, um, maybe they're just used to throwing on, you know, clean John Mulaney, uh, relatively clean John Mulaney on Netflix. You know, he's like a safe bet or like Brian Regan. And so they they go to a comedy show and they're seeing a bunch of people they've never heard of. I think they don't want just like right off the uh, the bat someone to be like, dick, 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 you know? <laughs> just, just like, and they're like, whoa, 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 like what the fuck, you know? <laughs> what is happening? What is that? What did, what did we pay for? Um, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. And so like, I would often tell like the comics that I like produce on like, well, this is not a clean show uh, per se, but like, just be aware that the crowd is an older demographic. Right. Is a demographic of people that don't go to shows all the time, like us comics do, or like young people in the city who like, maybe they go to a play on Monday, they go to a comedy show on Tuesday and they go to a concert on Friday. You know, these right. are people that maybe once a month, this is their night out. They got a babysitter. <laughs> like, yeah. They just want to laugh and have fun and like, don't maybe call them out. You know, like you were saying, like call people out uh, on zoom even don't right. call them out because like they're gonna be like oh oh this is why i didn't want to sit here or like this is why i just wanted to watch netflix you know yeah um, exactly so it's it's real crazy just to see you know we're chicago based but only 10 to 35 miles in one direction or certain directions it's totally different <laughs> it is very interesting yeah for sure and i think for performers too like at least in my <clears throat> experience <clears throat> i thought of clean and i'm like Oh my god! I have to tell jokes about like <clears throat> tablecloths, or so. I'm like, you know, I'm like, what am I gonna joke about? But most of your jokes, or at least my jokes, are clean. And if they are raunchy in some way, they can be shifted, you know. So it's not like you have to start all over. It's like just, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, think about it like this: like, how many shows, you know, for example, like like sitcoms on like NBC, ABC, and Fox, like when we grew up with would be raunchy, right. but they just had censors. So they had to uh, make metaphors or analogies or like dance around the thing. You know, I mean, I always bring it up. I was like, guys, Seinfeld made an entire episode about masturbation, you know, <laughs> but they never said it and they weren't overt. They just had to stretch their writing muscles to find things to where everyone's like, I know exactly what they're talking about, right. but they're not saying, you know, jerking off a cock, you know, they're saying, you, you know, like, oh, master of his domain, you know, like it's, 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 we all know what they're talking about once you're old enough to know. So it's like, why, right. like, we're not saying you can't talk about anything inappropriate, but like maybe just, you know, sprinkle a little bit more, uh, of analogies and like dancing around it and not being just, not just like hitting the button, you know, totally. <laughs> not just like boom, totally. boom, 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 you know. Totally. Um, so, I, yeah. I will say though, like I do dream of a day where humans are not scared of sex. Like right? I do dream <laughs> of a day where 
clean comedy, you can say body parts and you can talk about sex, like, cause it's so freaking weird, man. It's like, like, I, you know, I, I love the comedy I do and what I've been doing lately, but it's like, can we not be afraid? Because most of us aren't. It's just like this general blanket from like old Puritan times where it's like, shh, don't talk about it, you know? For sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I get it. Um, growing growing up in the in, the, in those suburbs where you know like uh, was told to like not swear, it's like, well, you're just making me want to swear more, <laughs> you know, and like, right? You know, oh, telling us not to talk about sex, like you just make us want to learn more about sex, you know? It's just exactly. let's just uh, that would be great, like you said. Like dream is someday. Let's just all take a fucking chill pill. Yes. And know that we all literally exist because of fucking. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Can I get an amen to that fucking? <laughs> Truly, though, I think it would solve so many things, even beyond performing, just like interactions with other humans. Like it would just, it would solve a lot. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, Amber, it's been a been a blast to talk with you, um, both so just fun. about comedy and in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, please feel free to plug uh, plug your social medias again. If if anyone missed it at the beginning, where can they where can they find you? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Amber Autry Comedy. That's A M B E R A U T R Y Comedy. You can also Book me at amberautrycomedy.com. <laughs> nice. Yeah, she's got a brand new website. Yes. That I made all myself, so go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And do you have any uh, Zoom shows coming up you wanted to plug? Yeah, I do. So um, these will all be listed on my Instagram. I post about them. Um, so yeah, on Friday, December 18th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There's a show, a virtual show called One More Dad Joke. Uh, I will be on, it's a clean comedy show. And then at the end, everybody tells their favorite dad joke. So nice. I'm really excited about that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be virtual. And I'll post the link to that in my Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, well, I'll be sure to get that link from you and uh, make it available in the, in the description so people can check it out. Oh, perfect. And also I... Uh, I am a producer of not only corporate shows, but private shows as well. So if you're looking to get with your families over the holidays or, you know, for the foreseeable future, we aren't able to gather, but a virtual comedy show is a great way to get together with family members and loved ones. And I always have like a great lineup of professional comics. So book a show for a private event at amberautrycomedy.com and let's laugh together. For sure. Well, thank you so much again for coming on, Amber. And everyone, please check out her social medias. Please check out her shows. Um, you know, winter is coming and I'm sure you're going to need a laugh. And you've been, you know, you've been surfing Netflix and Hulu and all those things. Well, let's just see something that is totally original. And, you know, these could be comics that in the next handful of years, you know, 10 years or so could be famous to where you're like, oh, I saw them on a Zoom show back during the pandemic. Thousand percent. For sure. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening or watching if you did. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next episode.